coming up on the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. What's a podcast? A new chapter begins for Extreme Anime Radio as we bring you news, opinions, and observations about Japanese culture. And, well, pretty much anything else that comes to mind. We'll discuss the trials and tribulations that led us to this point. We bring you our first interview with Sariyoshida cosplayer Emzenai of Canada. How do we love anime? Let us count the ways. Nefkanak and I will discuss the growing fragmentation in anime streaming, plus the usual odds and ends that make this the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Sarah Shoutouts, featuring the cosplayers of Sarah Yoshida. Order a video shoutout starring Sarah Yoshida for that special someone in your life. Mention you heard about it on the podcast and get yours for only $16. It's time to start the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. Here on... Extreme Anime Radio. Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. It is January 8th, 2020. It is a Wednesday, and that is typical for Extreme Anime Radio. Welcome, everybody, to this new beginning. I'm JR, and before I go any further, I want to introduce to you the man who stuck with us through thick and thin for so many years, my friend and my pal, from north of the border, Mr. Neff Canuck. Hello, sir, and welcome. Good evening. It's a bit chilly around these parts. Finally had to kick on the heat. So uh, if I start chattering teeth, it means I have to step aside and uh, turn the furnace up just a little bit more. Oh, no. What's the temperature up there? What are we looking at? Uh, let's see. Well, it feels like minus 16 Celsius, which means pretty close to zero Fahrenheit for y'all. Yeah, down there. Uh, is, yeah, probably. Yeah, I think that's uh, maybe a little minus bit seven, lower than that. <laughs> well, minus seventeen Fahrenheit, uh, Celsius is actually zero Fahrenheit. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good grief. 
It's uh, here we had it was a little warm today, but I was driving to do the groceries and I just saw a random snow squall just blow in and uh, I could see where I was going. But otherwise, it was like pretty nasty to go through that the second time in as many weeks. Yeah, in fact, I was I was watching TV and anime today, actually, and happened to glance outside a couple of times. And it was like, you want to see outside? Well, guess what? All you're seeing is white. <laughs> so this is our very first podcast, which we're actually going to consider as a true podcast tonight. Just as a background, Extreme Anime Radio has been in operation since 2001, and up until the end of 2019, which was last week, uh, we played anime and J-pop music for all of our listeners. Unfortunately, the laws changing over the last several years as they did, it became extremely difficult for us to continue broadcasting music we tried and we tried and we fought through but then we came to a point where yeah i think uh we have to seriously look at ourselves in the mirror and uh this is where we are now um some people have suggested that we do something like this on a regular basis and um very happy enough that we've uh, chosen to keep extreme anime radio alive through this new podcast. Yes, I think it's a new chapter, and I think uh, as we go along and we all learn together, I think we will all hopefully entertain one another. Uh, we, do a gr- we do encourage folks to send us topics and stuff. Uh, I think we would use the extremeanimeradio at gmail.com address for that. Correct, extremeanimeradio at gmail.com. Okay, so I would encourage folks to send along their uh, ideas for future shows and any uh, constructive uh, comments you may have. Critical comments will be treated uh, as most critical comments are. (laughs) And I'm pantomiming, you know, shoving them in a closet somewhere and closing the door, which, you know, my two friends in the closet would, you know, happily take them and use them as kindling. (laughs) Extreme Anime Radio, the closet still exists. Oh, they're not going away, folks. They may even pop out from time to time. Yikes. Oh, no. Well, we have that to look forward to, uh, hopefully in the coming weeks. Um, but, uh, yes, it is January 8th, 2020. Uh, we are in 2020 land. So on tonight's broadcast, we're going to be bringing you another Canadian besides Neff Canuck, and that would be Ems and I, one of the cosplayers of Extreme Anime Radio mascot, Sarah Yoshida. I recorded an interview with her a few days ago, she is right now flying home to uh, Western Central Canada from Boston. From Boston? Yeah, well, they have worse accents. No, no. Worse accents, I guess, than the rest of the other places. <laughs> well, and they're also, of course, mourning the loss. Well, I shouldn't say the loss of, Ooh. but the loss by, you know, their football <laughs> team. Giggle, 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 ha, ha. Oh, no. We had to segue into that, huh? I'm sorry, but, you know, watching that, you know, in my comfy cave, I just started giggling maniacally like a six-year-old on sugar. And then, uh, you know, everybody spread like wildfire on Twitter that the last play of Tom Brady set to uh, My Heart Will Go On from Titanic, throwing the pick six. Well, let me put it this way. That music is annoying. And, hey, it's perfect for Tom Brady. (laughs) Annoying he is. (laughs) Well, uh, these are some of the odds and ends that we mentioned uh, in the intro, folks. Uh, 
Sometimes we'll just uh, banter like this, and that is really what makes our conversations unique and is something you can look forward to on the podcast. Also, we will be talking about anime streaming. There are a lot of options out there when it comes to streaming your favorite anime shows or movies, but how far or how extreme has it gotten? We'll be talking about that later. But, uh, Neff, we first talk about basically how we got here. As a name, Extreme Anime Radio turns 19 on February 1st. So it's been around for quite a while. Uh, It's been through years and years of uh, changing trends in anime, Japanese culture and whatnot. And then, of course, changing laws. It used to be quite simple back in the day to freely broadcast music. Now it's becoming more and more difficult, isn't it? Yes, unfortunately. Although, I must, I must say, rightfully so, the creators want uh, their piece of the pie. Mm. The problem is uh, they don't take into account that some of the pies that are baked aren't that big. And they want you know, the same size slice. We don't make that big a pie, folks. We make a very compact pie. <laughs> and, you know, losing... As much as they wanted, we wouldn't even have crumbs left, let alone the plate. Basically, I think that kind of sums it up. Um, it used to be easy up until, what, four years ago, wasn't it? Um, yeah, that's about right. That's when, the um, in the United States, a provision to um, allow small webcasters like us to basically remit um, royalties in a reasonable way Nobody kind of spoke up for that, and uh, the Copyright Royalty Board in the United States, which sets the rates, didn't even consider it. So then we went from a structure where we kind of paid, I believe it was by our revenue and expenses. It went from that to basically uh, a per-song deal. I see Neff uh, kind of wincing when I tell him that on the webcam. Yeah, because unfortunately, on a per song deal, our costs, I would say, conservatively, probably septupled, if not if not uh, decupled, with, in other words, 10 times. With compound interest, I think, in that regard. Yikes. But um, yeah. there have been some royalty reporting companies that we would um, partner with, which will make the reporting easier and lessen the burden on us. Just a hobby with uh, other things to do in our lives, basically. Um, And those providers have given us, have tried to give us reasonable rates, uh, which we did appreciate. But then... Uh, I guess expenses or finances caught up to them, and one by one they started to fall like dominoes. The most recent one we lost in June, and that was, I can't even remember what it was. It was stream licensing, wasn't it? Yes, I think so. And we didn't get notice until after they shut down operations, so we were effectively, I think for a day, uh, broadcasting without the proper... uh, Permits. Thank you. Yes, that was the word I was searching for. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, no permits. And unfortunately, that's how the others fell as well. Loud City gave no notice. 
SW Cast gave us no notice. Stream licensing gave us no notice, and like you said, we found out the day after. So we ended up partnering with um, another company, which decided to charge us by the letter, and we ran into a lot of billing issues initially. Um, we thought they got straightened away, and then come September, the uh, the bills for overages from a few months prior started to, I don't want to say trickle in, but it was kind of like uh, Scrooge McDuck uh, falling into his vault of coins, I think, that that hard. I, I was going to say, it wasn't a trickle, it was a flood. Yes. Ugh. And... Um, that's how we ended up uh, in such a deep hole in a small amount of time with the money. Um, and it came to a point where um, it started to um, affect uh, a lot of us, me personally, because we had been trying to figure out ways to raise money, um, which they worked in some ways but didn't give us the revenue we needed to continue and unfortunately i had to make the call um actually i I sort of made the call a week before christmas and i told everybody else and uh then gave the word i think um the monday or tuesday before christmas um i didn't want to throw people off guard but um i figured enough notice as best i could would be better than no notice at all and just pulling the plug. So um, we continued with the Christmas music, and we gave you guys a few more extra days to enjoy our programming. Oh, and then we had the sign-off. I don't know if anybody was listening to when we signed off the air on New Year's uh, Day at the stroke of midnight. We had an interesting playlist, Neff. Do you remember what we played? You know what? I, 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 was, I, I, will, I will admit to this. I was not listening. I, w- I was in the middle of doing something else at the time, so you'll have to refresh my, you know, shrinkled, shri- shriveled and shrink- shrunken memory. Okay. So if I, if I recall correctly, the first thing I did was play the beginning of Art of Life and then pulled the record scratch off of that. And then we played uh, Komsu Sertad from Evangelion. Mm-hmm. Uh, we played. I played an uplifting song after that, uh, Tori no Shi slash Tori no Uta from Air, the Air anime. And then um, we, I kind of exploited a little loophole because this was all a packaged track that started before midnight. So at the stroke of midnight, this track was still playing, and I believed at that point it was still legal. So we played Auld Lang Syne, the Japanese version, Mm-hmm. And then we played Maya Sakamoto, Happy New Year, because Maya Sakamoto has been a very important part of J-pop culture over the last, uh, um, whenever Vision of Escaflone came out, basically, because that was her first hit. 1995 or 9? I want to say, go- yeah, I'm saying mid to late 90s as well. Yeah, it's it's ringing ringing my my bells at that point. So that was uh, that was played because I'm I'm sure we couldn't leave with that. And then of course the last song was flashlight, flashlight to the left, to the right, which has been kind of like an anthem song for the station for the last few years. So I think it was a fitting send off. I was just saying a great exercise tune too. 
<laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Um, and now we enter the world of uh, podcasting. Bear in mind, folks, um, we still have a debt to pay for our 2019 licensing expenses. The debt is such that, I'm just going to put it this way, the bank that I'm with right now has a big grin on their face. So eventually that debt will be paid off slowly. But um, we do ask for you guys to consider helping us pay off that balance um, which you can do by a, a financial contribution to the station, uh, which right now you can do through AnimeRadio.net, or uh, something else uh, that we've started recently, and um, we've had a few of these done already, the Sarah Shoutouts. And, um, Neff, you can tell us about them briefly. Well, uh, Sarah Shoutout is your opportunity to have one of our uh, Sarah Yoshida mascots offer congratulations uh, ask a question, etc., and uh, it's a way to help the station. Uh, you can contact us at extremeanimeradio at gmail dot com. Um, I'm not sure of the current pricing. You'll have to remind me because my again my tired, wrinkled brain. Okay, the normal pricing we set at twenty dollars and twenty cents to celebrate the new year. However, we now have a special going on. If you mentioned that you heard about the Sarah shoutouts on the podcast. We'll give you um, the opportunity to secure a Sarah shout out for only sixteen bucks. So it's a nice little incentive for you to help us out uh, with our expenses. And a lot of the Sarah cosplayers uh, have graciously agreed to give of their time to help us out with this nice little side project, if you will. Ha ha ha! Yeah, that 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 was subtle, Jr. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yes, if you're interested in a Sarah shout-out, mention you heard about it on the podcast, and it's $16. bucks. Um, we are going to play an ad about it in just a little while. Uh, but, uh, yes, yeah, $16 bucks, uh, per video. Uh, send us an email at extremeanimeradio at gmail.com to learn more. You can also send us a direct message or a private message through either Facebook or Instagram. On Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com forward slash radio. Uh, and on Instagram, you can find us at Extreme Anime Radio. Uh, look for the logos uh, featuring our mascot, Sarah Yoshida, and that's where you will find us. So our plan is when we're done with this podcast, um, we'll edit it down. And uh, I'm not sure if it will happen tonight, but hopefully by tomorrow, we'll have a, an edition of the podcast that you'll be able to download. We're going to post a link on our Facebook page. Hopefully, I'm also going to loop the podcast on this live stream for a little while, for those of you listening on the live stream at this moment. Um, and then uh, eventually, we hope to get our podcast published. I think I found a solution to that, which I will work on as soon as I get the first podcast finished. Um, as you may or may not know, with podcasting, Sometimes it takes a while once you publish something for the first time for it to actually show up on feeds, uh, maybe such as your Spotify's or your Google's or your Apple uh, podcasts or whatnot. So uh, there are a lot of solutions out there, and uh, it'll 
take us a little time for us to get published, but hopefully uh, we'll get up as soon as we can and uh, we'll allow a lot more people to enjoy uh, these podcasts that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, somebody in the chat was mentioning uh, one of the ways to listen to uh, the podcasts, uh, and apparently the version uh, or the program in, in general apparently no longer has a free version. It's like, ouch, not good. And that would be uh, TuneIn. TuneIn, really? Yes, apparently on uh, the Google Play Store, the free version no longer is actually free. It apparently oh, no. tucked out after a time. Oh, no. Again, people have to, you know, eat and make money, but uh, yeah, ouch. We uh, we are happy that another option that well currently exists to listen to us is Radio.net. Um, you can go to Radio.net, search for Extreme Anime Radio, and look for Sarah Yoshida's face, and then you can listen to the live stream that way. Um, at the most, I think Radio.net forces you to listen to an ad, but then that's it. Just an ad at the top, and then you can listen to whatever the live stream is is feeding. So uh, there is an option that way to listen to us. And um, as I mentioned, hopefully um, we'll make this podcast available as a Google Drive right away, posted on Facebook, and then after that uh, we'll go the RSS route and publish it as a podcast. So I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully getting everything sorted out. That sounds like a great plan. And eventually, then, that means that my new stereo will be able to play it, and, uh, you know, I won't have to go through all the machinations. Oh, yes. How is that new stereo coming along for you? It, you it's replaced the one you've had for so many years. Yes. The one that, that died, basically, was a 2008 model that I purchased that year. It finally died this year. Uh-huh. I, I'd forgotten one important thing. Uh-oh. A, the old stereo was heavy. <laughs> 44 pounds wow well i guess that's the technology from back then right yeah and i've forgotten also well that i'm not as flexible as i used to be back in 2008 when i put <laughs> the darn thing in wow so by the time i pulled the old one out put the new one back in and troubleshot all the speaker connections six hours had passed oh, wow yeah, and I was pretty sore. Then I spent the next day and a half dealing with the electronic gremlins that this uh, new little toy uh, produced. Needless to say, it's much more powerful. It's actually cheaper mm-hmm. by over half compared to what I paid for back in 2008. Right. But let me tell you, it's like, okay, you've now given me the space shuttle, and I'm a six-year-old toddler high on sugar. What do I push here? What do I push here? Oh, my God. <laughs> We have liftoff. Pretty much, yeah. In fact, one of the features that the, the stereo promised uh-huh. worked for worked for a day, and then decided, no, we're not going to do that anymore. And what was that? Uh, it was what's called the audio return channel on your TV. Basically, what it means is instead of having to have two separate connections between your TV and the receiver, one HDMI cable is supposed to be all you need. I see. And it worked for a day. And then no more. But then I realized it doesn't matter anyway. Because I don't use my TV as anything other than a dumb monitor anyway. (laughs) Everything goes through the the stereo, including my little mini PC. Mm -hmm. 
which I need, and we'll discuss why in a minute or two, uh, to access certain streaming services because of restrictions on iOS. Oh, boy. So, yes, uh, that will come up uh, in a little while. That will be a whole nice can of worms that we can discuss. Indeed. So, uh, I'm JR, and he's Neff, and this is the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. Coming up next, we have our interview with Canadian cosplayer Emzenai, who actually surprised me when I asked her if she's ever been to Japan. So... Enjoy the interview after this message from Sarah Shoutouts. Have you heard about those places out there that sell personalized video greetings from celebrities? How would you like a personal greeting? And who better to star in your video message than Extreme Anime Radio's mascot, Sarah Yoshida? Sarah Shoutouts, featuring the cosplayers of Sarah Yoshida. Sarah shoutouts allow you to select a Sarah cosplayer to provide a personalized shoutout or greeting on video. Want to wish someone a happy birthday or a happy holiday? Good luck on a test? Ask for advice? Too shy to say something and want Sarah to say it on your behalf? There are many possibilities. And most importantly, proceeds from your personalized video will go directly to Extreme Anime Radio in order to pay the station's operating expenses. For more information on how you can schedule a Sarah shout-out, please email extremeanimeradio at gmail.com. Terms and conditions apply. Mention you heard about Sarah shout-outs on the podcast and get yours for only $16. Welcome back to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast brought to you by Sarah Shoutouts. And I'm very pleased and honored to bring our very first guest, well, besides Neff Canuck, our very first guest to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast, somebody who's been cosplaying Sarah Yoshida for the last several years, and we finally brought her on, hailing from Canada, but currently located in Boston. Say hello to Ems and I. Hello. Hi there. Welcome to our show. How are things going with you tonight? Things are going all right. What, um, you're from Canada, but what brings you over to Boston this time of year? Uh, this past week, I've actually been participating in Boston Dance Theater's Winter Immersion Project, oh. which is a choreographic workshop where we put together a bunch of different pieces and techniques, and it was just um, a really interesting week. Very, very good. Uh, and uh, you told me you're almost done. You've only got like a few more days before you head back home. That's true. I, we actually finished yesterday, and these next two days have just been for me to kind of sightsee and, and look around the town. Very good, very good. Um, I know that dance has been a very important part of your life. Um, how long have you been dancing? I think I started dancing officially with, with classes and all at age four. Mm -hmm. um in one of those you know little kid ballet classes where you just skip around the room <laughs> yeah I know, <laughs> I know some relatives who have kids like that yeah so i started taking things a bit more seriously when i was 11 i uh started training at the royal winnipeg ballet school in in canada and i was there until i was 18 and um after that 
very long classical training, I ended up auditioning all over the world and I moved to Germany for three years to do um, contemporary dance. Oh, wow. So that that's a whole different element than ballet entirely, isn't it? It definitely is. It uh, The first year that I was doing that program in Germany was a bit of a shock. It was kind of just jumping right into cold water and figuring out what this new style was all about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been really useful in that I'm now a very versatile dancer. I have the classical training, but I also have the contemporary training. And so I can mix and match as I need to from gig to gig, basically. And uh, you give dance lessons as well, right? I do. I uh, I don't mainly teach, but I have been teaching since the summer about in Winnipeg again. Okay. Uh, but I've also taught in Germany and in Estonia uh, over different time periods when I've been in Europe. Okay, very good. Um, what sort of... Uh... What sort of accomplishments do you have, like personal bests in the dance field, would you say? Um, I feel like that's kind of difficult to answer. I, I know that when I was still in school, it was a bit easier because you could measure things in terms of exam results of getting like passed with honors or, or high merit or getting scholarships for different competitions. Uh-huh. Um which did happen. I, I received several scholarships uh, for flamenco, actually, which seems totally what? out of left field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but since graduating, I would say that it's not so much really accomplishments, but it's just been really, really fascinating to work with different choreographers, um, see different processes and perform in different countries and with different people. And with different visions, I would gather, right? Oh, very much. It's always very interesting to kind of be thrown into a new environment with with new dancers, new choreographers, a new a new concept, a new artistic vision, and try and fit yourself into that and figure out where you are and what you're going to do. I see. I see. Um, let me talk to you a little bit about your cosplaying. When did you get involved in that? And maybe we can go back to even as far as to say, when did you get interested in Japanese culture? Oof! Wow. Um, I feel like in a sense, I've kind of been cosplaying forever. I was kind of that kid that always wanted to dress up as different characters, <laughs> whether it was from books or movies or right. whatever. I was, I was the kid among my cousins who always had ideas for new games and new worlds and we always needed costumes. So it's kind of always been a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. I would say that I probably officially started cosplaying in maybe like 2007 2006 2007 okay um when a group of friends and i went to our local anime convention and i made all five of us costumes for that oh wow so cosplay and costume design nice yeah so um i mean that again was kind of like a long time in the building i grew up watching Sailor Moon and Pokemon and and Dragon Ball. And my parents were also like super into that. And they kind of, oh yeah, they totally facilitated like um, renting 
the Sailor Moon movies on VHS, and we would all watch them together as a family. Uh, they actually probably took me to my first con when I was maybe five or six years old. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's it's always been like a thing that's been in my life. And so my, my portal into Japanese culture was largely anime. Um, mm. But also, in part, art and music. We had a lot of um, taiko music on CD at home and uh, Japanese flute music as well. So that was always kind of uh, something that was in my periphery. Wow. Um what would you say is your favorite part of Japanese culture? My favorite part. I love so many things about it. I love the Japanese language. I really like languages in general. I'm kind of a language nerd. Oh, and wow. the Japanese language is really beautiful to me. I love how it's constructed and how the sounds are organized in to me such a logical way um how it's kind of always like consonant vowel consonant vowel consonant vowel and mm -hmm. it just has a very beautiful sound to me and a very interesting cadence so i love the language i love japanese food um mm. takoyaki is my absolute favorite snack Ooh. at all it's so good nice um and yeah just in general i love all different kinds of japanese food um, and, and just Japanese culture in general. I mean, I, I mentioned the music. I love, um, both traditional music and also, um, not so much in recent years. I haven't been paying as much attention to it, but I, I used to be quite into the J-Rock scene. Ah. Um, and also just the, the history, traditional clothing, um, the various, uh, different religions and that, like, I just, I'm very interested in, cultures in general and Japan specifically because of uh, the way I was introduced to it through various venues. Wow. So you have uh, this wonderful interest in, in Japan and Japanese culture, but you haven't been there yet, right? I have, actually. Oh, you have? Oh. I have. When was this? I was in, I was in Japan for two weeks in 2013. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, I was there for a language exchange at the Japan Foundation Language Institute, uh, Kansai. Oh, sweet. And so every day that I was there, basically during the week, we would have um, like a language class in the morning. And then there would be like different cultural activities that we would do. So there, um, we got to try on kimono. We got to work on um, traditional calligraphy with ink and brushes. We got to do flower arrangement. And then there were also several day trips that we took to um, Osaka, to Kyoto, to Nara. And we looked at like all the different temples and we went to the the deer park in Nara and like oh. all that kind of stuff. So it was super cool. Yes. And between those two weeks, actually, we had a two-day homestay, each of us individually, with a, a student's family that was kind of in our same age group at the time. Oh, wow. And so that that immersion was absolutely fantastic. It was just being tossed right into a family, and they basically were allowed to do whatever they wanted with us. So <laughs> we went to the aquarium, we went to Osaka Castle, we went to um, the public bath, which, incidentally, is my absolute favorite part of Japan. I have 
never felt as refreshed and as relaxed as I did after going to the baths. Wow. I am immediately jealous because in the four times <laughs> in the four times I've been to Japan, technically speaking, I I have not done a bath. The only quote unquote bath that I've done was in my most recent trip, um, which was two years ago. Um, outside of Atami train station, there is a free foot bath. So I just soaked my feet in for a few minutes, but I don't think that counts compared to your experience, does it? Yeah, it's not quite the same thing, but you should definitely go next time that you're there. It is really worth it. Yeah. So you just basically stayed around, you said central Japan, Kansai? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You you didn't venture out, say, to Tokyo or... No, I have not had the chance to do that yet. So I think I definitely need to go back for at least one more trip. Oh, yes. Um, I can tell you 58,000 things I've experienced in Tokyo because it's a, it's a thing in itself, to be serious. But if you like uh, traditional aspects, you can, uh, even within the city, there are some nice parks and whatnot and temples that you could probably enjoy. Well, I'll definitely pick your brain next time I head over there. <laughs> I'll do my best. Um, this is the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. I'm talking to Ems and I. Ems and I, you've been, um, you've been helping us with the cosplay of Sarah Yoshida for a few years now. I think one of the first uh, photos you did was for, uh, remember a few years ago, you did the uh, calendar? I do remember that, yeah. So um, you've done a few of these um, photo shoots. Do you have any Sarah photo shoots that have been your favorite? a couple i actually always enjoy thinking up something new but i think that my personal favorite is probably the one that i did for christmas a couple years ago with that blanket and the fairy lights oh yes um, which honestly in comparison to some of the other ones that i have done was fairly um relaxed because a lot of them i've actually gone out into like the cold and done all sorts of dance things and that one was kind of just cozy on my couch but i really really like the atmosphere that i got in those photos and i thought that it turned out really well yeah i think uh you sitting and staring at the camera with the lights around you that was that was uh one of our favorites as well well thank you and um just uh very quickly um why don't you tell us uh because sari Yoshida is a character that was created to represent the radio station in general and to represent people who Always love to live life to the fullest and never give up. Uh, that's how we designed Sarah. What does Sarah mean to you? So being involved with Extreme Anime Radio and cosplaying Sarah has actually been super interesting to me. Um, she definitely has that personality that you're talking about, about you know, with living life to the fullest. And I think that uh, all of us, the, the cosplayers who, who cosplay her, have managed to capture kind of all these different facets of her personality. And she's kind of become this character that's quite important to me because we can all bring different aspects of our own lives and our own personalities into portraying her because she's kind of this, I don't know, this kind of character, this personality of her own. And we don't have to base our cosplays on a certain, you know, so to say, canon source material. We can all kind of just think about how we feel about Sarah and 
what other cosplayers have also done with her. We kind of together have created this cohesive image, I find, that was inspired by her concept. Well, we certainly appreciate all the help uh, that you have given to us over the last few years. And we look forward to your continued support as we embark on this brand new journey that you are being uh, uh, a part of tonight. Uh, we really appreciate it. Well, I've definitely really appreciated being a part of it, and I'm really excited to see where the podcast goes. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything quickly you'd like to say uh, to um, the listeners before we uh, uh, wrap things up with you tonight? I just want to encourage them to keep listening to Extreme Anime Radio, despite, you know, regardless of what format it's in. And um, just to... I mean, in the spirit of Sarah, to keep being themselves, to keep living life to the fullest and enjoying Japanese music. We really appreciate it, Ems and I, and thank you so much for your time tonight. This is the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast, and we'll be right back after this message about Sarah Shoutouts. Have you heard about those places out there that sell personalized video greetings from celebrities? How would you like a personal greeting? And who better to star in your video message than Extreme Anime Radio's mascot, Sarah Yoshida. Sarah Shoutouts, featuring the cosplayers of Sarah Yoshida. Sarah Shoutouts allow you to select a Sarah cosplayer to provide a personalized shoutout or greeting on video. Want to wish someone a happy birthday or a happy holiday? Good luck on a test? Ask for advice? Too shy to say something and want Sarah to say it on your behalf? There are many possibilities. And most importantly, proceeds from your personalized video will go directly to Extreme Anime Radio in order to pay the station's operating expenses. For more information on how you can schedule a Sarah shout-out, please email extremeanimeradio at gmail.com. Terms and conditions apply. Mention you heard about Sarah Shoutouts on the podcast and get yours for only $16. Extreme Anime Radio. Welcome back to the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. JR with Neff Canuck, and you just heard your fellow Canadian Ems and I uh, talk all about her. Uh, Wonderful experiences. I was kind of surprised when she said that uh, she had actually been to Japan for an exchange program. That was interesting. Yes, I, I thought it really was as well. Uh, it's amazing sometimes when you hear from these, these cosplayers, you know, what they also do, and you find out these little interesting little tidbits. So um, as we continue on with our podcast now we get to talk about something that, uh, Neff, you uh, are very uh, passionate about, I would say. This interesting subject about all these streaming services that are picking up all these anime shows, anime movies. It used to be you had the two big services, Funimation and Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll having started as a not quite legitimate service, but morphed into a legitimate, mostly sub uh, service provider. Right. As the market grew, people realized, hey, wait a minute, we can make money doing our own streaming thing. So we end up with 
others in the field. Uh, one example is from Sentai, who's now running High Dive, which used to be known as, oh, I can't remember what the old name was, but there's now High Dive. Mm-hmm. Amazon Prime Video is into the anime streaming thing. You've got Tubi.tv, which does uh, some streaming as well. And, of course, you have Netflix. Now, if you had to buy all those services, now Tubi TV is free with ads, but all those other services, mm-hmm. you'd be paying, and I figured it out roughly, $55 Canadian, inclusive of taxes, a month. Yikes. Yikes, yeah. So that would be about 40 42 bucks for us, I think, right? Yes, but you in the States also have different services that we don't have access to that combine a couple of services I mentioned. In fact, there are services that I mentioned that you have, but services that you have in the States that we don't. For example, Hulu, mm. which also has some of Funimation's catalog, and Verve as well, which uh, I'm trying to remember what they they combine a couple of services uh, catalogs as well. And we, of course, have the issue of what device do you want to play it on? Oh, yes. Certain streaming services are apparently, uh, I've been told, because uh, I asked, uh, restricted on what content they can display on iOS devices. Mm. In this case, the service would be Hydite. Okay. Now, oddly enough, I just happened to run across Hydive's iOS app today, and they've changed a couple things. And I noticed they included a new title that's now going to be shipping on Blu-ray very shortly, which I've purchased. Uh, Setokai Yakunodono. Now, that one, it's raunchy in as much as the wordplay is raunchy. Mm. Now, I've watched only one episode. It's It doesn't get really raunchy until like episode three or four, so I'm going to keep watching and see if on iOS I get one version of the subtitles. Mm. And on the PC, I, a computer... I get a different version of the same show's subtitles because I saw a fan sub of it years ago. Uh-huh. And like I said, the fan sub used pretty crude terms. Now, whether a major company would use those same crude terms for those same things, I can't say for sure, but some that they have to because the joke doesn't work otherwise. I see. So so this device thing is kind of similar to how... Uh... If you want to watch the NFL, for example, is it's going to be different uh, as far as licensing goes on your phone as opposed to uh, a television? Exactly, because in the States, you have uh, Sunday Ticket, which you know restricts what you can watch mm-hmm. versus your local signal and the signal provided by, I believe it is Verizon down there. Mm-hmm. See, up here in Canada, you have two providers essentially providing... NFL streaming services, mm-hmm. but only one gives you certain specialized programming. For example, Red Zone, which is only available on the streaming service The Zone, right? Which you get down there, I think, as part of Sunday Ticket. So I, I think the big thing to, to know is that it's not only, and then you have to figure out where each new show is going to be. Mm. See, that's the real trick, because. Some show announcements only give you that show X is starting on this date. Mm-hmm. Unless it is from the, from the streaming company itself, or unless it's specific enough, for example, if Anime News Network provides a specific, this service will start streaming it on this date, right. you'll, you'll never know. 
And then we have to talk about the quality of the various apps and computer websites. Mm. Bottom of the heap is Amazon Prime Video. Wow. For such a technological company is bottom on your scale, huh? Absolutely bottom. Anime is not separated properly. There's no way to tell when a show started. In other words, they just literally put them in some sort of order, which isn't even alphabetical if you look. So literally with the new season starting, there was one show that Amazon Prime Video has exclusive rights to that I had to literally, when I saw the announcement, put a notification on my phone for the day it's supposed the episode in the series is supposed to debut on Amazon Video. Otherwise, I would never find it myself. And that's not good for the anime industry. The content has to be made available in a simple, straightforward way. Otherwise, you're going to lose people going and they'll sail the sea, so to speak, to get their content, which is what you don't want. Right. Because, of course, you want the creators and you want the animators and all the people who create the product to get paid. And the other issue with streaming services, and this is a real issue, is that you never know when a title might disappear. Oh, and I, I've run into that lately. Actually, not an anime, but with a um, a J-drama that I have been watching on and off called Time Taxi. Mm-hmm. So basically what happens is there may be a licensing deal that says it's on there for X amount of time. But unless the service says, as of this date, it's no longer there, you'll never know until you go and you look for it. In fact, when... Funimation and Crunchyroll had their big divorce mm. years ago. Some of the titles went to Crunchyroll. Some of them stayed on Funimation or vice versa. And worse, some of them took the dub and some of them took the sub. Right. But it wasn't consistent. For example, Love Tyrant used to be on Crunchyroll as a sub okay. and on Funimation as a dub. Mm. Now both the sub and dub are on Crunchyroll. Huh. Meanwhile, Funimation still lists it as one of their shows because they are doing the home video distribution. I see. So cue the absolute confusion. Yeah. And the more confusing you make it for a consumer to consume the content, the more likely it is a consumer will find the easier way to get it. And that's bad. In the easiest way being what? Are Floating along the seven seas, yeah. <laughs> I <passionately laughs> Well, yeah, when you say are, you know what that means, folks. But, uh, yeah, I've been looking up a few details um, here in the U.S., uh, Funimation, Crunchyroll, Hulu, and Netflix are the four major ones. They actually, I think, also used to be one called Daisuke. Um, which was uh, actually from 2013 until like a couple of years ago. I think they uh, went defunct. Um, and then you have High Dive, um, which was formerly Anime Network, I believe. That's what I couldn't remember. It was like, I know what this service was. I know it. I'm not losing my mind. Oops. <laughs> hey, I remember when I just got Fios for the first time and Anime Network was a thing and we kind of wash it from time to time. Uh, but yeah, then they went to VOD, and then they it, it kind of morphed into high dive. Um, 
Neon Alley was one, and then they kind of folded into uh, the content being available on Hulu, I guess. That was Viz's uh, subscription service, wasn't it? I think so, but now from what I read, a lot of Viz's titles are going to Crunchyroll. Ah. Now, as far as I know, in the States, Viz still has a standalone streaming service, although I don't even know what it's called today. Uh-huh. We never got it in Canada, so a lot of Viz titles we've never seen, except as a sub through Crunchyroll through the first airing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I did want to mention, while I've been bashing a couple of services you know, for their lack of organization, mm-hmm. one particular service at least does it in what I find a humorous way. Uh-oh. But a nation, when they have science fiction, they have romance they have horror they have harem and they have etchy <laughs> at least it's truth in advertising <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you watch these shows this is what you're going to get wow those are actual sortable categories on the funimation app yes uh funnily, funnily enough high dive used to have categories like that but they disappeared the stuff is still there. It's just not put in those particular types of silos because apparently it's not quite family friendly to say things like harem and etchy. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's nothing wrong with a harem, okay? <laughs> okay, that was the guy in the closet talking. I'm sorry. He just he just slips out every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, I kind of I kind of heard something back there over the uh, the mic there. But yeah, it's a very interesting subject, and I think um, the way you have to uh, approach it is to be informed about all the uh, all the services that are available and uh, what the pricing points are. Some people want to try to charge you a little more for stuff, depending on you know how badly you want new anime being released. If I'm not mistaken, because the more you pay, you'll probably get like higher priority into the new releases. Uh, and then the whole issue uh, you mentioned as well with the licensing also comes into play for devices. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you also have the issue of the bidding wars for the titles, which means that some titles will end up on a service that, unless you're willing to pay top dollar Netflix, <coughs> you know, you'll never see. For example... Uh, there was one title I wanted to see, uh, Video Game Girl, I think it was. Uh-huh. Both seasons one and two are on Netflix only. Mm. So it's like, okay, do I really want to cough up, in Canada anyway, $14 a month for Netflix? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Went up, to, went up to that much for you guys, huh? Well, that's for the that's for the one that gets you multiple streams and the highest quality because what they did up here anyway is the 4k uhd that's like the highest priced here now okay do you you get those types of streams do you have any capability for that well technically i could with my mini computer that one does that mini computer does 4k okay i don't have the display for it i have the receiver for it but i need a display okay and since my plasma is still humming along in 2013, I have no intention of replacing it. When it dies, then yes, it'll be 4K time. Maybe 8K. <laughs> Maybe 
I'll even get the one that they announced at CES for $60,000 that rolls up like a Venetian blind. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and I looked at that and I'm going, okay, I could see it being useful. But 60000 U.S.? I'm going, my next car won't cost that much. Like, yikes! Yeah. Uh, this is kind of like uh, the same atmosphere that I was in when I was growing up. And I went to PC Richards. We wanted to look for a new TV for our house. And in one clean corner of the store, they had something, a big screen TV. This is HD. And it was like several grand. Oh, yes. When HD first came to the market. Now, I'm old enough to remember when stereo TV first came into the market. Oh. And boy, did they so cute. Because I remember this because my dad bought this TV saying, you know, if I'm buying a TV, I'm going to go all out at the time. A 27-inch RCA uh, stereo TV right. for 900 Canadian back in 1988, <sighs> which means approximately now, I want to say about $1,500 after all these years. That sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, and then you figure, okay, it was a heavy, flat, you know, heavy tube TV, and now you're going, with that same money, you can buy a TV that's, you know, 55 inches, does everything, you know, except darn your socks. Yeah. And, you know, you can lift it yourself and it's 100 pounds. It sounds like you, that or you could get something that you could just plaster on your entire wall. Mm, pretty much. You know, or if, you're, or if you're willing to do the projector thing, which does intrigue me to some degree. I know instead people deal, who do that, yeah. Instead of having to deal with the stupid, uh, let's replace this whole heavy screen every time. Just replace the projector every few years. That's not very economical. Yeah, but it's easier. <laughs> Remember what I said about ease of consuming content earlier, right. folks? You know, sometimes you got to pay for that privilege. Plug and play. Plug and play and pay. And pray that it all works. <laughs> Well, uh, Neff, this has been a lot of fun. It's about time for us to wrap up our very first podcast. We spoke about how we got here. We spoke about uh, the current trend in anime streaming, and we spoke to Ems and I. I think we did well for a first show. I think so. As I said to JR off air, I haven't said anything naughty. I've only had one coughing fit. I think we're doing okay. <laughs> Well, it is just one show, so we'll see where things go from here. Warning, warning, warning. Ooga, Danger Will Robinson, right? <laughs> Indeed. So, um, once again, folks, this is the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. We thank you so much for everybody listening, everybody joining us in the chat room for the live stream, uh, everybody podcasting us uh, if we get to that point. Uh, we really appreciate your support. Uh, once again, if you want to follow us, you can go to Facebook at facebook.com forward slash anime radio, where we'll have the latest information about all of our shows. You can also follow us on Instagram at extreme anime radio. I should also mention um, that if you want to uh, learn more about uh, M's and I and the artists and cosplayers of extreme anime radio mascot, Sarah Yoshida, you can go to facebook.com forward slash anime 
Anime Radio mascot. If you want to reach Emzenai uh, directly, uh, you can follow her on Instagram, and I believe she is at Emzenai, E-M-Z-Y-N-A-I. I have to say Z instead of Z for all of our Canadian listeners out there. Thanks, eh? <laughs> um, I'm actually recording some additional content for future shows. Uh, something that uh, one of the Sarah cosplayers brought up um, is with regards to um, safety when it comes to cosplay combining with ballet. So the people out there who think like they want to do like Princess Tutu or Gwen from Into the Spider-Verse or whatnot. Um, some of the Sarayoshida cosplayers who are also experienced dancers have some tips and recommendations for you. And so we're going to devote uh, another podcast to that subject. And we hope you will listen uh, to that when it comes. We have, a, like I said, a few more interviews lined up for that. But, uh, Neff, uh, if you have any closing commentary for us, we'd really appreciate it because, after all, it is you that gives the closing commentary around here. Well, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or complaints about anything you hear on this podcast, please drop us a line at extremeanimeradio at gmail.com or private message us on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash animeradio or on Twitter at animeradio and on Instagram at Extreme Anime Radio. Yeah, you mentioned the Twitter. I, I almost forgot about that. We are on Twitter, but we don't post as often on Twitter. But that is at Anime Radio. And um, yes, um, please go ahead and send us any comments you have about the podcast, any show ideas that you'd like us to tackle in future shows. Uh, we'll do our best to, to bring that to you and then maybe some other news insights and information and some odds and ends that make this the extreme anime radio podcast this has been a blast and we'll do it again i'm sure not too far from now thank you very much neff thank you for having me and i'll be having you almost all the time so i think you're safe with fava beans and a nice chianti <laughs> well for neff i'm jr this has been the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast, and remember... Keep on listening to your... Now, what can I say? Podcast station, Extreme Anime Radio. Good night, everybody. That'll have to do. Thanks, everybody, for supporting us in our new podcasts, and we'll see you next time. Good night, everybody.
Have you heard about those places out there that sell personalized video greetings from celebrities? How would you like a personal greeting? And who better to star in your video message than Extreme Anime Radio's mascot, Sarah Yoshida. Sarah Shoutouts, featuring the cosplayers of Sarah Yoshida. Sarah Shoutouts allow you to select a Sarah cosplayer to provide a personalized shoutout or greeting on video. Want to wish someone a happy birthday or a happy holiday? Good luck on a test? Ask for advice? Too shy to say something and want Sarah to say it on your behalf? There are many possibilities. And most importantly, proceeds from your personalized video will go directly to Extreme Anime Radio in order to pay the station's operating expenses. For more information on how you can schedule a Sarah shout-out, please email extremeanimeradio at gmail.com. Terms and conditions apply. Mention you heard about Sarah shout-outs on the podcast and get yours for only $16. Extreme Anime Radio.